This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. I'm Helen Farmer. This is the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Your chance to catch up on expert advice, real life stories and more, plus lots of inspiration too. It was Dr. Katrin Yarn who joined us for a pet behaviour special on the show. Also talking about how to keep your pets safe over the holidays and addressing all of those common issues that so many animal lovers face. The chewing, the pulling, the pooing and the barking. Plus, we were taking you to foreign climes. Whether you fancy a bit of beach action, some festive markets, or just a staycation right here in the UAE, Matt Vlemix from Dinata Travel was on hand with some brilliant bargains. And even closer to home, what's happening at Global Village over the winter break? We found out. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan, groundbreaking science, life-changing nutrition. Dr. Katrin, thank you for being with us this afternoon. We're live on Facebook as well, so you're more than welcome to put any questions and comments there. Dr. Katrin, I wish you in the studio. We've had the most gorgeous pictures of cats, dogs and more. We've had Clover, Jack, uh, Dave, Kobe, a whole menagerie coming through on the text line. <laughs> what's, uh, what's keeping you busy in clinic this, uh, this December afternoon? Well, as you say, December afternoon, um, we're all getting ready for the holidays. So making sure that our pets are ready for a happy and a safe um, festive season and holiday period. That's been, yeah, keeping us busy over the last uh, kind of days and weeks. There are quite a few hidden dangers around the holidays for our friends um, of the furry variety and things that we might think are just part of part of the season. You know, chocolate ornaments on the tree, some tinsel can often bring them to uh, to expert hands such as yourself. Can you tell us about some of the things we need to be particularly aware of? Maybe some hidden hazards in the home for our fairy friends. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've just mentioned the key one there, Helen, which is chocolate, um, in particular dark chocolate. So the higher the cocoa content, the more dangerous the chocolate is for our doggies. Um So chocolate contains a toxin which can be life-threatening, can actually be fatal to dogs. Um, And I've had a couple of Christmases actually over the years where I've had um, dogs that we've had to induce vomiting that have vomited back all the dark chocolate that they ate um, on Christmas morning. So, yeah, chocolate's a big one. Um, But I I also think from a behavioural point of view, it's really important to make sure, especially if we've got, you know, lots of guests coming or it's perhaps a busy time um, that we make sure that our dogs and cats have got safe places they can go to Mm -hmm. if they want to escape the hustle and bustle of of Christmas. Um, We know what a busy time it is and kids can be very excited and, yeah, lots of strange people coming to the house potentially. So um, I think we need to take care of that as well. Well said. What about some good gifts for our pets um we've obviously got a three-month supply of pet food available this afternoon um but we we don't tend to get presents for our animals to be honest um i feel like maybe we should what can be uh what can be a, a worthwhile purchase maybe something to make our lives easier as pet owners doctor yeah absolutely i think lots of great things i'm thinking again about dogs here um so food puzzle toys kongs are a classic aren't they kongs are just your your general all-round handy thing to have for your dog so a kong is a a rubber toy that can be stuffed with goodies and treats and can keep our dogs busy for for a long long time um so a kong is always a good thing to give them and for cats i think if the cat uh, likes catnip, anything with catnip in it would be a good thing to have. Um, but yeah, lots of other things. Water fountains come to mind for cats. So something to encourage them to drink. Um, we know that that's really good for their health. Um, 
And really, it's just what they like, isn't it? I mean, you all know your pets best. Uh, so my cats are going to be getting little balls and mice this year and the dogs are going to be getting some kongs for sure. Oh, good. OK, hopefully inspiring you. We're getting lots of messages about how animals have come to come to find their homes. Maud saying Bruno the cat took a ride under the bonnet of the car as a tiny kitten, now part of the family. We found a little cat called Chip in, in the engine of our car and then managed to scoop him out of my wheel arch and he now has a very happy home. Um, Finn saying, I found my bagel pregnant in the Bagels and More car park, now 13. Um, send those messages in. This is for your chance to win a three-month supply of Pruna Pro Plan food and treats and supplements. And this will all be specific to your pet, by the way, whether it's cat or kitten, um, the breed as well, of course, any medical conditions that you might need to be aware of. Up next, we are going to go to the text line. Dr. Katrin Yarn is a real expert in animal behaviour and we've had lots of questions about this. We've got um, Sophie asking about us the, adopting a stray cat, been in their lives 18 months and he's been allowed to go out for the last year, but he seems to come back a bit sick, eating rubbish, rotten food. Would it be cruel to stop letting him out for his own safety? And Jim's dog keeps on getting up earlier and earlier. 4.15, 4.15. What does Dr. Captain recommend if you're getting the early morning bark instead of that 7am alarm? We'll be finding out after this. This is Pets and Vets on Afternoons with Helen Farmer. With ProPlan. It's Dr. Katrin Yarn, who's live with us this afternoon from the German Veterinary Clinic. Uh, we've been talking about keeping pets safe over the holidays. We're going to the text line next. If you do have any questions, concerns, or just want to share the story of how your pet came to be in your life, get in touch. I've got a question from Sophie here, Dr. Katrin, saying, we adopted a stray cat 18 months ago. Um, he's been allowed outdoors for the last year, doesn't wander far, and only seems to go out to find food. But he's started eating rubbish, rotten food, and then throwing it up at home. I'm really worried he's going to get seriously sick. Would it be cruel to stop letting him go out for his own safety? We've got a large space at home where he could wander around. Any guidelines there for keeping uh, keeping this cat safe? Mm, good question. So um, I think a couple of things to sort of think about. Number one, if he's used to going outside, it might be quite stressful for him if he if that gets taken away and he's no longer got that choice um, as to whether to go outside. But obviously, I do I do appreciate that, you know, there's there's a concern and it's a, an ongoing debate uh, whether we should keep our cats in or let them go out. Um, I wonder whether um, feeding him a good meal before he goes out so he's not so inclined to look for other bits and bobs outside, that might be helpful. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I'd maybe try and see how he feels about staying inside. I think you'll soon know if he's very vocal and he's meowing a lot um, and he's desperate to sort of get outside, then um, that might be your answer. But you could always try keeping him in for, for a day or two and see how he feels about it. Um, or if you do let him out, yeah, give him something super yummy to yeah, eat beforehand a, so he's not looking for... Tummy. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Hope that helps. So if you keep us posted on that. Um, and I've got a question here from Jim saying, my dog keeps on getting up earlier and earlier. Crying face emoji. Not not the laughing crying, just, just crying. So he started <laughs> getting up at 6am a few months ago and it's got earlier and earlier until today it was 4.15. I tried telling him to go back to bed for that last half an hour max and I don't manage to get back to sleep. I know the best thing would be to put him back to bed and ignore him, but he, he can't do this in a polite fashion. He's scratching the wall. All he wants is company. Then he eats his breakfast, curls up on the sofa and goes back to sleep. Please give me any ideas to help him sleep a bit longer. I'm at breaking point. Nothing else has changed in the home. Okay. 
This is a great question. I was actually thinking about it as I heard the question earlier. So one missing piece of information um, is we don't know how old um, no, Jim's doggy is. Because um, one thing that can happen as our pets age is they can start to get um, what we would call dementia, I suppose. So we call it canine cognitive dysfunction syndrome. So where basically their cognitive ab abilities start to decline just they would, as they would in an aging person. And with that, we can get changes in sleep-wake cycle. We can get, you know, dogs and cats that wake up in the middle of the night, wake up earlier. Um, so that might be something to consider. Um, pain is another one. So chronic pain is something that can keep pets awake at night or change their sleeping patterns. Just like us, if we've got, you know, a sore, sore part of our body, it can sometimes disrupt our sleep. Um, so I think a, a veterinary checkup would be really, really useful. Um, and maybe you can just let us know how old your doggy is and whether that, you know, might fit into, into the age. So dogs over eight years of age, we think, um, you know, can start to suffer with, suffer with cognitive dysfunction syndrome. So, okay. yeah, a couple of things to consider on the medical front there. Let us know, Jim, if you can. A message from someone signing off on SMS as Nervous Ricky. Nervous Ricky <laughs> says, we're planning to adopt a German Shepherd, three-month-old puppy, our first dog. What should we expect? All right, Dr. Catrignan, <laughs> I think we can do like a three-minute boot camp for Nervous Ricky and what we can expect from this bundle of fun. Um, so I guess preparing the home, preparing the family, what, uh, what should any prospective pet parent be, uh, be ready for? Well, we could talk about this for hours. We could, we had a, I know. Um, but yeah, so I think absolutely getting as much knowledge and, and good advice as you can, um, you know, preparing uh, the home, absolutely, you know, having a um, sort of a doggy area. You want to start thinking about toilet training, how that might work. Start thinking about where you'd like the doggy to eliminate, whether that's outside, whether that's in the garden, whether that's just on walks, whether that's going to be indoors on a on a potty pad. Um, then get lots and lots of things that are going to stimulate the puppy, um, both physically and mentally. So again, I mentioned earlier, Kongs, they're going to be your friend, uh, chew toys, things like that. Um, then you want to have a vet visit first and foremost to make sure vaccinations are up to date, that the vets can inform you about worm deworming and parasite control Um talk to you about neutering and diet, um, all those sorts of things. So you want to get the physical health side of things covered. Um, and then I suppose it depends a little bit on your family constellation at home. Do you have children? Do you have other dogs? Do you perhaps have cats at home? And what do we need to do to prepare those guys? And then finally, I think baby proofing your home. Um, <laughs> yes. So cables, electrical sockets, you might want to go out and buy some electrical socket covers, um, put everything that you don't want destroyed out of reach. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots to think about. But we do actually run um, puppy life skills classes and also new puppy owner advice classes. So if that's something you're interested in, you can absolutely get in touch with us. Fab idea. Um, anything specific to German Shepherds as a breed, Dr. Katrin? Yeah, so German Shepherds do can suffer from certain congenital diseases such as hip dysplasia, elbow dysplasia. So you'll probably want to get some advice from your vet about how to take care of their joints. They're also a large breed dog. Um, so the growth period is really important. So dietary um, advice will be really good. So you'll probably want to get a diet that is particularly made for large breed puppies. So they'll often have 
um, a particular calcium phosphorus ratio for their bones and things like that. So again, these are all the things that hopefully your vet will be able to, to let you know about. But yeah, joints are definitely a big thing. Gastrointestinal health is another thing. So um, again, diet will help you there. Um, and then they're just a lovely, very active breed. So lots and lots exactly. of mental stimulation. They're super yeah. bright, which is why they're obviously chosen for, as, as working dogs with the That's police right. in the UK, for example. So in terms of training, very trainable, but probably very, very prone to misbehavior if that mental energy is not put into productive uh, ways. Would that be fair? That's absolutely fair. <laughs> okay. Ricky, please, please, please. Send us pictures as soon as you get this bundle of fun. Dr. Katrin is there very much on the behaviour front if you do need any advice regarding that puppy preparation. And um, good for you. Lovely, lovely, lovely news about adopting a, a puppy in need of a good home. But forewarned is definitely forearmed. And don't be afraid of asking your vet all of those questions. They'd much rather you did than didn't. If you've got any questions, Dr. Katrin, Yarn, get in touch. So, Dr. Katrin, I wanted to put this to you. This is from Jem saying, Hi, both. Um, I adopted a 12-week-old cat a month ago. And I've been noticed he's placid, too placid, more than any cat I've had. And I've had plenty. She doesn't seem to hear that well and doesn't seem to be alert sleeping all day and night, really still and silent, doesn't make much sound at all. Um, I always bring her the food and then she goes back to sleep. She likes to be stroked and carried, rocked side to side like a baby. I guess what I'm asking is, how much is this a placid cat and how how unusual is this much lethargy or possible illness? She's not eating that much and won't go to the kitchen to eat. It's just sleep, sleep, sleep. I'm guessing to the vets, Dr. Katrin. Oh, yes, this is unusual for a 12 week old um, kitten. You'd expect them to be bouncy and all over the place. Um, so, yeah, this doesn't sound like I think we should wait. So this is, is a an urgent vet visit, I think. Go, 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 um, OK, that's that's all. That's all we need to say. Sometimes it is a case of giving a plan of action. Sometimes it's advice. And in this case, yeah, get yourself to the vet, Gem, and I hope that little one's all right. From a 12 week old cat to a 12 year old dog. B says, I'm looking for some advice or reassurance. My old girl is a desert mix, 12 years old. There are a few things that are concerning me about her at the moment. She's shaking a lot. I've mentioned this to the vets. People think she's just cold or maybe hungry, but she's doing it all the time even when she's laid down. Her legs will shake and it even looks like her head is shaking a bit. But she's also started snapping a bit. She hasn't hurt anyone but if we walk past her quickly, she might go for our feet. Is this old age or could there be something else going on? Yeah, so I think something else going on would be top of my list. Um, We don't really think of old age as being a disease in itself. So if a dog's shaking, um, uh, sort of whole body tremors and head, and there's also change in behavior, um, like being a bit more snappy, then I would say definitely a veterinary visit. And I would specifically ask for a neurological examination. Um, Yeah, that would be my my best advice. But uh, I think, yes, another little pre-Christmas trip to the vets. Okay. All the very best there, B. Hope she's all right. And Mika, about a smelly lab. <laughs> a seven-year-old lab is really smelly at the minute. Um, I've only bathed him a handful of times in his whole life and that could be because every time he's had a skin reaction that needs meds to calm it down. I've used prescribed shampoo and generic dog shampoo and he always reacts badly. The vest says just don't bathe him, which is sensible advice, but he smells really doggy. And it's getting difficult to ignore. Um, let's let's put aside any reaction or, or reactive skin. Um, how often should we be bathing our dogs if they haven't got any particular skin problems? 
Yeah, that depends on a few things. So number one, how dirty is your dog? So obviously, if a dog's going out to the beach and getting really kind of sandy and dirty, then, you know, we'll want to bathe them after that to make sure that we remove any kind of environmental contaminants from their skin. It also depends a little bit on what type of shampoo you use. So if you're using a very mild shampoo, something like a baby shampoo or an oatmeal based shampoo, you can also bathe them a little bit more frequently. If you're using a shampoo that's perhaps a little bit more on the soapy or detergent side, then maybe not quite as often because that shampoo might strip um, the coat and the skin of their natural oils um, but you can absolutely bathe your dog once a week twice a week four times a month you know sort of yeah every week um, without causing too many problems as long as you're using the right shampoo and then coming um, I think back for to this, this one yeah to smelly, yeah. smelly lab poor Mika Exactly. So I think for this particular case, um, I'd be a little bit inclined to look into why we've got such a smelly dog. So um, yeast infections or yeasty things can often cause that doggy sort of smell. Um, and that, you know, there are some great shampoos that can help combat yeast. Maybe the last times that you have bathed your dog, the shampoo hasn't been the right one and, and maybe the skin is quite sensitive um, and we've got a secondary yeast infection. So I think I'd, I'd probably get advice from the vet um, and actually look at why the dog's smelling yeasty because that's not normally the case. They shouldn't normally smell doggy like that. Okay. All the very best, Mika. We've had a flurry of the most gorgeous dog photos ever, Dr. Katrin, um, from Wayne. Jimmy, three-month-old pooping machine. Very cute. I'd, I'd, I'd scoop it. And Baz, thank you for sending in smiling Baz. Uh, this has came in from Gary saying, so-called after Basil Brush, showing my age there. I used to love Basil Brush. A rescue from the Russell Kamer Animal Welfare Centre. Um, so just lovely, lovely, lovely. You are all in the draw to win that three-month supply of Purina Pro Plan. Um, let's... Um, Let's, let's talk cats and travelling, if you don't mind. This is from Pratima saying, um, we're in Ras Al-Khaimah and we're driving to the Western region next week, bringing our indoor-only cat to meet visitors. Um, we've only done a one and a half hour journey, but this one is going to be a bit longer. How do we deal with this litter tray, food? How do we keep her comfortable and happy? It's funny, we haven't had this com- this conversation much on the show because, the, you know, in the UA, it's relatively small. I guess if we were in Canada and Australia, people would be transporting their pets by car a lot more frequently. So keeping a cat comfortable in a car journey, um, Dr. Katrin, anything you recommend? Yeah, this is actually an area of interest for me. So I've actually published a paper it's being published on the 10th of January um, in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery on how to prepare cats for air travel. And to be honest with you, it's not actually that dissimilar. Um, so th- there are a, a number of things to consider, especially in cats, because they're very, very bonded to their environment. So going on a journey and going to a new environment can potentially be quite stressful in itself, as well as the car journey itself. So there's getting into the carrier and, um, you know, the the motion of the car and then getting to the new place. And, you know, there won't be any familiar smells around and sort of having to readjust to a new environment. So I think my number one thing would be have a a think about whether the cat has to go with you or whether they might be happier staying at home and maybe have somebody look after them because it potentially can be quite an upheaval. Mm-hmm. But if the cat does um, is going to go, then thinking about things to prepare, like using a pheromone spray. So Feliway is a good one there in the, in the cat carrier. 
um, familiarizing and acclimatizing the cat to the travel carrier and short car rides, which it sounds like it's already being done. Um, take some familiar items with you to the new environment. So the cat's got some things that smells like itself when it gets to the new home. Um, in my experience, even cats that go on a, a 10 hour air journey usually don't use the litter tray. Um, so my guess would be that the cat probably won't need to use the litter tray on the car journey, but then just have it available when you get to the new place. And again, I take the cat's own litter tray with you. Um, there are other things that can be done. Um, there are some calming medications that can be given. Um, one medication I like using a lot is called gabapentin, but that would be something to consult your vet or myself about. Um, you can use natural supplements such as Zilkeen to help. So there's quite a lot, I think, that needs to be considered because it's, it is it is quite sort of an uprooting for the cat um, to be taken from its familiar environment to a new environment. Um, so there's a little bit of thought that needs to go into it. But I do a lot of um, air travel consultations, stress management, pre-travel, whether that's air travel or long car journeys, consultations. And yeah, as I said, it's definitely a, an area of interest of mine. So um, I'd be happy to help. Hope that helps, Pratima, and all the very best. Lots of good tools and advice there from Dr. Katrin. It's your very last chance to get a question in, although I think this next one will hopefully um, help this listener, but also some other people who might be facing some similar challenges. This is from Cece, and she says, we're expecting our first baby in June. Congratulations. We've got a four-year-old cockapoo who, for the last four years, has been our absolute baby and very spoiled. Currently sleeps in bed with us, and we'd like to not change that, but we're being realistic. Just wondered if your doctor has any tips on how to prepare him for the new arrival. He's pretty good with change, um, as uh, as we have moved a few times. The other thing is he barks at anything outside, um, which with a new baby could drive me insane. So any insights there for this uh, for this young family? Oh, this is a great question, isn't it? So I think it's something that many people face, as you said, Helen. Um, and I think preparation absolutely is the key. There's a fantastic website that I'm going to refer you to, which is called familypause.com, which has a lot of information about that. So I think that it's worth having a look on there. There, there are videos and sort of infographics and things like that. Um, but I think think about what are the first few days of having the baby in the home going to look like um, and what are the new impressions going to be that the doggy has to deal with. So that might be the sound of the baby crying. That might be new smells. That might be changing in routine um, and so trying to prepare for those things um, so you can download on your phone um, you know a baby crying so a recording of a baby crying and then start playing that very very quietly at first in the home to get the dog used to that sort of noise um, have a think about what your routine might look like. I know it's probably very difficult to predict as a young parent bringing a baby home, but start getting the dog used to changes in routine. So maybe change the walking time, um, you know, change feeding times, just so that they're not um, too surprised when, when the routine does change. But honestly, my best tip would be this website, familypause.com. It's got such great resources that are far more comprehensive than I can give you now in, in these sort of few seconds that I have. Um, but yeah, there's definitely lots that can and should be done. And I, I think you'll have a very, um, hopefully a, a much smoother transition when the baby arrives. I was really pleasantly surprised, to be honest, because our dogs were very much the centre of our world before before we had kids. What I would say is having dogs definitely prepares you for children. Early mornings, <laughs> poop, 
it's 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 great little boot camp for that. And one be- mega benefit I'd say is about dog barking is that I th- was really worried about the dogs barking would wake up a newborn baby sleeping and then even they got a bit older. But because they must have been used to the sound from when they were in my tummy, they were never really disturbed by the dog barking. So just a nice little nice little bonus and also seeing Raising kids and dogs together is just, it's just magic. It really, really is. Um, I'm going to squeeze in one last question. This is from John. Um, John was in touch earlier about a rescue dog called Miss B, who was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, he's saying he's increased the rough fibre, added carrot. Is there anything else that they can be doing in terms of diet? Um, and they were also doing injections as well, if, me- if memory serves. So diabetes and dogs, Dr. Catcher, are you able to give us a quick rundown and um, anything that John and indeed Miss B need to know? Yeah, so there are some actually really great veterinary diets available for diabetic dogs that have everything that the dog will need. So yes, you do need to think about the carbohydrates that are in those diets. They need to be slower release. So that's, I think, you know, why we're thinking fiber, that sort of thing. Um, And then depending on... um, the severity of the diabetes and the type of the diabetes, then insulin injections absolutely are an option. Um, It's a holistic approach. So, you know, we need to be thinking of all different types of ways, lifestyle, diet, weight management, um, insulin injections, regular checkups at the vet. Um, You probably want to be doing some regular glucose curves um, at your vets to make sure that the insulin is appropriate for a 24-hour period. Um, so lots to think about, but I think have a chat to your vet about a, a diabetes specific diet that that might be easier than trying to um, sort of uh, try and home home make a diet. And then, you, you know, you, you might always be worried about not getting the right sort of combinations of carbs and fibres and things like that. Thank you so, so much for your time, Dr. Catherine. Really do value it. And we've had a number of people asking about courses and resources. So I guess the best way of making everybody happy is for you to share your details and then anyone can can connect with you direct. What's the best way of getting in touch? So you can uh, have a look on our website, which is germanvet.ae. Um, we've got a page for the behaviour services there, or you can email directly to behaviour, that's I-O-U-R, at germanvet.ae. Um, and we've got a Facebook page. I've got a lovely Facebook group called the Pet Behaviour Community. Um, so you can get resources and bits and bobs on there. But probably our German vet um, website, which is our my clinic in Abu Dhabi, that's probably the best place to, to look um, for all the information about behaviour consultations and advice. Dr. Katrin Jan, thank you so much for your time. Happy holidays to you and yours. Some Kongs under the tree in your household and some catnip too. <laughs> and we'll see you in the new year, no doubt. Dr. Katrin speaking to us in the German Veterinary Clinic. We are talking travel. Very topical this hour. I think a lot of people packing up and heading off um, over the over the break. But if you're not, we've got some options for you too. Joining us live in the studio is Donata Travel's Leisure Manager. Matt Flemix is with us to answer my questions, answer yours, and act as a bit of a travel concierge, if that's all right with you, Matt. We've already had questions for you. Right. What's your plan for, for Christmas? Um, I'm hoping to head back to the UK, um, flights permitting, yep, weather permitting, a bit all fine. that sort of thing. A little bit, yeah. Um, my, my daughter and wife are there, so hoping to fly back on Christmas Eve, Aww. back on Boxing Day, and then back on back in work the next day. So, oh, whirlwind visit. I'm hoping to fly Friday morning. As you can hear, my voice is going, and I'm like, oh, that's just absolutely typical. And then I'm worried now that it's going to be 
criminally cold in the northeast. I spent a small fortune on thermals at the weekend and bought my went to Brands for less this morning and spent twenty three dirhams on waterproof trousers for the children. <laughs> I'm like, it's all glamour, but it is just about being together if you can. I think, um, and a lot of people have had some travel plans disrupted, so hopefully we can whisk in and help out so many last minute plans. And we are taking questions. We already had a couple. One about skiing for families. One about some staycations in the region as well. So is it too late, Matt, to to book in a bit of a, a festive getaway? Because Christmas is literally coming in four days yeah amazingly it's actually not i think the 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 amazing capacity from from dubai helps with that you know Mm -hmm. there's flights just about anywhere in the world a lot of people have left it quite late because of you know certain football events and and, and (laughs) how enjoyable how enjoyable time in dubai has been i think Mm -hmm. a lot of people even over national day decided that staycation or stay in the area so actually although of course a lot of places are crammed and flights are going to be pretty full we do have quite a few things available, whether you, you want the beach, a bit of skiing, a bit of sort of city break, that Let's sort of thing. We've got quite a variety. With, Let's start with the beach, because mm-hmm. I've got a bit of FOMO at the minute. A friend of mine's in the Maldives on, on like a football holiday with her whole family. Peter Crouch is there. I'm like, that's pretty strange. Um, but it has made me think, as much as I'm looking forward to going back to the UK and seeing everybody, it's not going to be a holiday holiday. So for anyone that does really need to relax... Can we do some Maldives? We, we do have some Maldives, yeah. We've got a place called The Residence uh, at um, an island called Degura, which I hope I'm pronouncing right. Um, I don't know. Okay. The Residence Maldives, they've got a beautiful property in Mauritius as well, um, really stylishly done. Uh, this is in the south. It's actually quite a long way from Mali. Um, so it, it is a short internal flight and then a speedboat. But the great thing about that is it's a long way from, you know, the sort of slightly more heavily trafficked areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the coral is really pristine down there. The, the waters are beautiful really great diving and snorkeling um and it's really really good families as well which i guess the maldives almost always is it's funny because that perception's really changed over the last let's say 10 years you know with we thought and it still is don't get me wrong for your honeymoon destination you know hard to beat but i think a lot of hotels have kind of got wise to the fact that you know there's there's a lot of dubai residents living just four hours flight away who've got kids who want to be entertained and you've got families that you know want to relax in different ways so there has been a bit of position change in a lot of hotels and some hotels just really going full throttle for for families now with the residents are they kind of doing both is there a kids club but also hopefully a spa <laughs> yeah there is there's there's an amazing spa it's a clarin spa actually so oh, uh, nice. <laughs> i'm sure you'd want to spend a lot of time there uh there are kids club activities um galore as well um it's actually quite a large resort as well so i think if you want to you know put the kids in the kids pool or in the kids club and have a bit of a walk around uh, it's actually two islands connected by a kilometer long bridge so oh, um you can dump the kids in the kids club and, and go for a nice walk <gasps> onto a neighboring d- island d- deposit <laughs> <laughs> um but is there any bargains to be had what are we, what are we talking and and in terms of a lot of questions we have relating to maldives is what's better value you know should you go half board full board all inclusive what's the what's the offering at the residence yeah, I guess it depends on your appetites, really, in, in a way. But I, I always say the Maldives, probably more than anywhere, all-inclusive is, is worth worth seeking out, certainly. Um, we've actually got a really good uh, all-inclusive offer at the residence. Um, we've got a complimentary upgrade to their standard all-inclusive. Um, and that's, you know, benefits for families and things like that as well. And also complimentary resort transfers. So oh, big difference. The great thing is that you, you then just spend everything up front and you don't have to worry about the bill. and, and <laughs> Bracing what, yourself. <laughs> what food and, and beverages you're having. Uh-huh. And um, those things really can mount up especially when you're taking kids as well so it does really help so can we talk numbers yeah so this is actually for traveling over christmas day itself so um you know it's it's, it's amazing to get availability can you imagine for that? that being a present and just saying all right you know i'll cook at home and then being like actually 
behold, here's a booking. Get get packed. We're heading well, off to the airport. It's, it's a nice idea. I hope the listeners are uh, taking note of that. It's not too late. <laughs> um, so we've got 25% savings on the stay as well on the complimentary all-inclusive uh, upgrade, uh, which means you can get three nights in a sunrise beach pool villa. Um, and that includes all sorts of extras as well. And that's from 9595 per person, including the flights. So um, that's flights. And the domestic flights. Yeah. And the transfers as well. Everything is in there as well. So really uh, the kids are less. Surprises. It's 6555 per child as well. I'm um, a question from Ben saying, any recommendations for family ski trips? Europe or ideally closer to the UAE? Heard there's not much snow in Georgia right now. I've heard that as well. Um, what say you? Let you know what? Let's, let's go further afield and then let's see if we've got anything closer because... We've talked about Club Med on the show before. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been to quite a few. I love it. I haven't been to the ski destination, which is in France. Is that uh, is that still an option, even this kind of late late in the game? It, it's going to be very difficult over Christmas dates itself. Um, but if you can just wait a week or two more and go into the new year, then there is some availability there, um, especially in some of the higher areas as well, where there's already good snow. You know, yeah. the powder is going to be really good up that high. Um, and I think a lot of people have had really similar ideas to to the listener and um, things like Azerbaijan and Georgia are, you know, either booked up or there's not, not been great snow so mm-hmm. far. Um, so you are definitely better looking further afield. The great thing with Club Med as well, which you'll have experienced if you've done their beach or or mountain properties or anything like that is the all-inclusive concept. And it's proper all-inclusive. It is. And I have to say that it's, it sounds like a really weird distinction to make, but I hadn't really fully understood the kind of difference between service and hospitality until I'd been to a Club Med resort. Like the staff are just absolutely unbelievable. So hardworking, just so much fun with the kids. Ours just had an absolute blast. We've been to a couple now. We've been in Portugal, Mauritius and the Maldives. And they've just loved every single second so it has of to it. Be, it has to be ski next. Yeah, it the, the, might, the, I know. I haven't tried my kids out on skis yet. I feel like it's an expensive hobby for two to be encouraging. I'm like, no horse riding, no skiing. <laughs> but maybe. Yeah, Ski Dubai is a great, great place to start, isn't it? But yeah, as, as you say, the all-inclusive concept for skiing as well is almost sort of up there with the Maldives in, in the value that that offers. Um, we have a week-long package there in, in, in Val Terenz, uh, which is part of the three valleys with, with Maribel and Courchevel. Yeah, so they've, you know, it's perfect for getting really fresh powder for the skiing and um, you know, there's, there's sort of 600 kilometers of slopes in that region, apparently, and a, a ski lift right in the middle of, of where the resort is. So if you stay a week, you get your, your ski passes included. There are ski lessons included for the beginners as well. Um, for the more advanced skiers, you, you can go with a guide and, and go a little bit off-piste and things like that. Um, so the actual value of the all-inclusive concept for somewhere like that is is incredible, really. Um, and that's not to mention the great dining. There's a there's a there's a Soti spa there as well. Um, so something for everyone. Today? All right. So Club Med could be an option. And do you have anything closer for Ben and his crew? Azerbaijan worth worth checking out, maybe. Um, yeah, possibly. I think we, we, availability changes all the time for things like that. So I think it's probably better to give us a call um, for that one on 800 Donata. It's, as I say, it might not be right over festive dates or New Year dates, but if you can be a bit flexible, um, if you're not traveling with kids, then early into the new year should be okay. Matt, you're saying great ski slopes in Lebanon. It's been on my list for a really, really long time. And I actually think we're really lucky here in the sense that you have got these more kind of value driven places like Azerbaijan, Georgia, Lebanon. For for trying it out rather, you know, before you commit to your, you know, your Austria, Switzerland, your Francis. So any other recommendations, guys, get them in. Um, can we can we talk festive markets? Because I've had three three set three people I've had to almost unfollow on Instagram. One is in the Maldives, another's just got back from Lapland, although minus twenty five wasn't that appealing. And the other so many people just seem to be having, you know, Gluvine in a little shop and twinkly lights and all this kind of gorgeous festive feels is it 
is there still a way of squeezing in a little bit of last-minute European shopping? Yeah, there is actually. And we, we've just had one of our, the members of our marketing team has just been over and done Vienna and, and Prague and oh, come back with some beautiful footage that they put on our Instagram um, account as well. So for anyone that wants to see a, a couple of videos about, about what's going on over there, um, Prague is still very much on the cards as well. Um, and that's right through to January the 6th that the, the festive markets run. Um, it's a beautiful place, you know, really, really walkable. Um, loads of bridges and, and squares and things like that and castles. So it's got a, a really Christmassy feel to it anyway, um, even without the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, at this time of year, it's, it's beautiful. There's the, the main sort of town square there. They put a huge Christmas tree in that that they get from different parts of the Czech Republic each year. Um, loads of celebrations and uh, sort of outdoor events there. Um, but you can you can sort of wander around the rest of the city as well and go to much smaller ones. Um, so it's, it's really on my bucket list as well, having done festive markets in Manchester and Chester. You know, they don't quite cut the mustard. <laughs> oh, I um, mean, trying not, to upgrade now no, to uh, I think to we Prague. need to go full, full. I've been to Denmark. I went to Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen, which was really, really beautiful, but bitterly cold. Prague I haven't been to. And I think that's... I think being here for so long, I'm very conscious that if we do ever move back to the UK, we'll probably, you know, do more of Europe then. So we find ourselves kind mm. of going the other way. But I feel like it would be really lovely to actually have a have a bit of that, you know, real winter wonderland. I think anything this side of, of, of home feels like it's still, you know, it's not going all the way back. So, exactly. So for, for, for Prague and for sort of Eastern Europe, then that's that's fine, I think. Expensive? Not at all, no. We, we've got a fantastic deal there. So it's uh, staying at the Corinthia, which is, uh, you know, one of the one of the best hotels uh, in the city, one of, one of the best hotel groups in Europe, really. Um, so you can get three nights there in a superior room with breakfast and flights. And that's from uh, 3155 per adult um, for the three nights, including, including the flights. Including flights? Yeah, flights and breakfast. And uh, if you want to take the, the children, then it's from 2625 per child as well. That so I think it's a fab deal. Very, very good indeed. We've had a question from Doris saying, Hi both. We had to cancel our winter break for visa reasons, but keen to have a night away or two over Christmas. Inside the UAE, but outside of Dubai, ideally, anywhere good for a family. Now, can we help Doris and indeed anyone else that quite fancies a bit of a bit of a staycay? Yeah, absolutely. Outside of Dubai, um, we can actually get you there over over Christmas Day itself. Um, we've got availability for a couple of nights from Christmas Eve to to Boxing Day. That's brilliant, um, and that's at the Waldorf Story in Ras Al Khaimah. Um, <sighs> which you know it's, it's one been, of my favorites yeah it's been going a while and a lot of people will have been there and seen how amazing it is for families if, if you're taking a family it's there gorgeous i have to say one of the best steak restaurants in the uae lexington grill brilliant steak just saying there you go doris um <laughs> so what's on offer there especially over christmas well very varied dining options as you just alluded to eight, eight of those um Beautiful beach, long stretch of beach, uh, lots going on as well. There's a, there's a luxury spa, as, as we've been uh, sort of touching on lots of times already. Mm-hmm. Um, pools, variety of pools, whether, whether for kids or adults, um, lots of water sports. Um, for anybody that wants to escape all that, there's a great golf course there as well. Um, so there's something for everyone there. It's right, um, Alhambra, isn't it? It's right yeah, ex- that's exactly where it is, yeah. So, um, and as I say, we've got two nights there at, at the Waldorf Astoria, family deluxe, deluxe room. Um, with breakfast and that's from under 2,000 dirhams per adult 1975 and actually two kids up to the age of 11 stay and eat free as well so a really good bargain for Christmas dates that's lovely can you I just think how nice would it be just not to worry about you know 
the, the admin on Christmas Day and just let someone else take a bit take a bit of the of the pressure. Um, anywhere else around the UAE for that's the Waldorf Astoria, Ras Al Khaimah. Any any other Emirates we should be aware of? Yeah, I mean I'm a big fan of Fujairah as well. It's it's beautiful over that side of 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 the UAE as as you know the sort of mountainous backdrop to to the long beaches as well is very very pretty. Um, much more of a sort of chilled out vibe over there as well. Um, probably the Emirate where you're most likely to hear Bob Marley playing as you drive Definitely. by. Um, so it's um, it's a really lovely, relaxed place to go. Um, we've got the Palace Beach Resort over there. Is that the new one? Um, yeah, it's, it's the guys that run the Palace, um, you know, downtown as well. Um, so uh, they've got a lot of good hotels yeah, over here as well. Um, and that's right on the, onto a private beach. There's a, there's an adult's pool. There's, um, there's a kids-only pool as well. And um, a lovely spa there as well. Um, and that is fantastic value as well. You can get a night on Christmas Eve in a deluxe room from 455 per adult. What? and just 50 dirhams uh, per child and that's including dirham. breakfast gosh that's really good that's the new palace i haven't 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 been there yet doris hope that helps you out and um, the last one on your list is somewhere i went to a few weeks ago with my family the centara mirage tell you what that is non-stop fun for the kids it's they had an absolute blast this is on deer islands which again i hadn't been to before and it was only 20 minutes from home but it felt it felt like a real kind of departure from Dubai. So if you're looking for that kind of getaway feel without actually having to leave the city, a really good option. And we were talking all-inclusive before. This is this is kind of what it's best known for, really. Um, but you've got a few different options. You don't have to go all-inclusive if you'd if you'd rather not. Um, what what's some of the deals you've got there at Centara? I mean, that's that's a, a kid's wonderland, as you've just alluded to. I, I, I lost count of how many pools they've got. They've got like a jumping in the, you know, off a high jump pool. They've got an obstacle course pool, lazy river, family pool. Like it's... It's absolutely endless. Yeah, it's fantastic. You, you've sort of mentioned virtually all of them there. There's water, <laughs> water slides down near the beach. Yeah, there's various pools. There's age-specific kids' clubs, three different kids' clubs as well. Um, a kids' spa, which uh, is... My girls went there. They had their first ever massage and one of them fell asleep. The other one said it was the, be- the best afternoon of her life. I'm like, fantastic. Talking about expensive hobbies. Job done. Yeah, but <laughs> they they loved it. Absolutely loved it. And it's fantastic value as well. Again, um, there's, there's all sorts of those activities that, um, that you can either have included or that you can sort of pay for when you're there but, but just for one night on Christmas Eve um, you can stay in a superior room with breakfast from 380 dirhams per adult and 50 dirhams per child so wow. I mean again that's you'd usually pay more for that than that for breakfast for your child you anyway so bringing yeah you would bring the bargains what a, what a lovely kind of last minute surprise that would be just to kind of go do you know what we'll just go away tonight and we can have breakfast there come back do open presents have a bit of a change um Let's go a little bit further afield, if you don't mind. We mentioned Georgia earlier in terms of not being much snow right now. But if you're not that bothered about skiing, um, a lot of people are heading there just for a bit of a winter getaway. Because I went there in July and I was shocked at how close it is. It's only, I think, three hours? Yeah, three hours should get you to Tbilisi. Um, we actually have availability there for, for New Year as well. So not for the ski, but for the the more cultural side of things. Um, Tbilisi itself is very, very charming. That sort of mixture of old and new, mainly old, I guess, for, for the sightseeing. Very, very pretty. Lots of sightseeing. Lots of culture there. Fantastic food that oh you might not goodness, have tried. Oh my goodness, the food was amazing and so, so reasonable. We, we went um, for about a week and did five days up Kazbek. So we we hiked up and then did the glacier climb, oh. tried to summit Kazbek. The, it was, the weather was not on our side. It was 
freezing. The accommodation was um, kind of Soviet bunker house, um, and uh, it was it was it was not the luxury of Tbilisi. Let's just say, but we had a brilliant time. And then because we couldn't summit, we had an extra day to kind of play with in Tbilisi. So came down, had two nights in the hotel, and just ate. All the food, just the cheeses. They were doing all sorts of amazing pairings. The shopping was fantastic. I absolutely rate it as a city and sounds so reasonable. Like, sounds like my kind of trip. That yeah, it sounds amazing. Good fun. Uh, for New Year as well. It's it's beautiful there. They, they sort of bring out lots of glitter lamps throughout the sort of um, you know sort of small streets of the old town. You can go for a, a stroll in the evening. There's outdoor concerts and things like that as well. Cool. Um, Georgian bazaars with selling lots of food as well. So really really nice vibe for it over New Year and. Um, the the accommodation we can offer is probably not Soviet block era stuff. So it was, it was a weather station well. <laughs> um, with just concrete and no running water. Okay. It, mm-hmm. Can you can you do better than that? I think that, we Matt? can improve on that just about. So that's a nice low base for us to start from. But we can um, we can actually get you three nights at the Citadin City Centre Tbilisi, which is a very nice hotel, really central, as the name alludes to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a classic studio there for three nights um, with the return flights as well from two six three five per adult. Uh, and just over 2,000 dirhams per child. Um, and that will take you right over the New Year sort of celebrations. That's very, very good. Okay, let's see if we can squeeze in one more New Year option. Do you want to go to Baku or do you want to go to Cyprus? I guess we haven't really spoken as much about Cyprus. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Yeah, so we've, we've got Limassol in Cyprus. Um, and I guess you'd usually think of going to Cyprus at a slightly warmer time of the year and enjoying the beach. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot more on offer there as well. Uh, Limassol's recently had a lot of, of money spent on it in the old town there. You know, like a lot of the places in Cyprus, very, very historic. Um, some Greco-Roman ruins, um, you know, an old town, tiny villages, just a taxi ride away, things like that. So even though, you know, a lot of people go for the beach, there's so much else to do there as well. Um, there's, there's New Year's celebrations again, and we can get you there over New Year. Um, the main square has music and celebrations and fireworks and all that sort of thing going on. Um, and you can stay in pretty high luxury as well. Um, quite a new hotel, the, the Park Lane uh, Luxury Sounds Collection fancy. in Limassol. Yeah, they, there was an enormous investment went into that a few years ago, and um, they really sort of raised, raised the game in that area of Cyprus. Um, and you can, you can get availability there over New Year as well. Uh, three nights there. In a superior room, we've got a special offer, 15% off, um, and that includes daily breakfast and flights, and that's from 4,035 dirhams per adult and just over 2,000 dirhams per child. Matt, we've had a question saying, where can we find these offers? It's all on donatatravel.com. It is donatatravel.com, yeah. So, or you can call us on 800 Donata um, or, or drop us a WhatsApp message as well. Where are you going to be New Year's Eve? Um, I'm, I'm hoping to be um, in Lancashire, actually, which nice. has uh, had a lot of snow and very cold at the moment. Very different to Dubai. So fingers crossed. We're flying back on New Year's Eve um, because it was about 4,000 dirhams cheaper than flying back the day before. Um, so we'll be landing into Dubai just after midnight. So I'm hoping that we'll see some fireworks from the sky. I think that'll be really, Great really arrival, awesome. Yeah. Hopefully. Especially for you. Hopefully. And then... Yeah, also save a bit of money by not going out that night. But for anyone looking to travel, we've been talking Georgia, uh, we're talking Cyprus, some great local options as well. If you want details of any of those, drop me a little message on 4001. Matt, absolute pleasure to see you again. Thank you so much for your time and happy holidays. Hopefully you do get home for Christmas and uh, we'll catch up on the other side. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas and good luck. Thank you so much. Yes, off to try on the thermals, pack them before heading back to the UK. It is the festive season and we've got some very special guests in the studio. Jackie Allenby from Global Village and Santa's in the house. How are you, sir? 
I'm very good. Merry Christmas, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. It's, it's such a... I have to say, you're the, it's the spangliest. I feel like the Santa's getting so sparkly at this time of year. Santa, we're going to be hearing a little bit more from Jackie about what's happening at Global Village over the winter break. But I wondered from you, what, have you, what are you most enjoying about being there right now? I'm enjoying the atmosphere in Global Village, meeting people from all over the world, mm-hmm. the children especially keeps me very happy. There's some good food at Global Village. And some very good. Have you had any any nibbles that you think are worth a shout out on Dubai Eye? I've eaten far too much, as you can see, (laughs) by my large stomach. There is a stomach that needs to be maintained. No one, no one wants, never trust a skinny Santa. So Santa's with us, but Jackie, we're hearing a little bit more about what is happening there, because you've got so much going on from now all the way through into January. I'm hearing about fireworks, which we're going to come to. I'm hearing flash mobs. Dancing elves? Yeah, what, we, what's going on? We we invited Santa and he said, Can I bring a couple of friends along? And then a thousand elves later, <laughs> literally. So we've got over a thousand elves all over the park. Oh my gosh. Um, total nightmare. Uh, they're <laughs> creating they havoc everywhere. No. We've had to bring in the toy soldiers to control them somewhat. <laughs> um, the gingerbread men are always there and they're they're crazy Could as well. Me one so, of those with a little mid afternoon snack, Jackie. I love it. <laughs> Chaos at Christmas sounds fantastic. But there's also a ginormous Christmas tree. How high is that guy? It's 21 metres high. Oh, my gosh. And it's just fantastic. And it was beautiful. And then again, the elves came and now there's elves all over it. It's not just elves on the shelves. It's elves all over Global Village. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) Um, But it's a beautiful tree. And Santa, of course, has his throne. So uh, families can come and meet. Santa Claus and see the elf flash mobs. Um, there's a bauble market for lots of festive shopping. Now, I was about to say, apart from the food, my favourite thing to do at Global Village is to shop. And it year-round is fantastic. Whether you are buying, I mean, for me, lovely Turkish towels, and I've bought, I've bought all sorts. Um, but you've got some special Christmas things as well. We do, yes. We've got lots of um, trinkets and baubles and lots of, uh, we've got... Um, uh, festive chocolates and all kinds of things for for the season. I do all of my Christmas shopping at Global Village now because it's really unique. You can get some really interesting exactly, craft stuff, exactly. and it's not the same as you get everywhere else. Um, I have got a third favourite thing to do at Global Village, and that's take photos. I feel like there's like an Instagram opportunity around every single corner. Can you give us some of your favourites, especially at this time of year? Well, obviously the tree uh, yes. and all of Celebration Walk, but we also have uh, coming tomorrow. We have the Coca-Cola Christmas Holidays truck. Holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. What do you mean you've got the Coca-Cola Christmas truck? What well, does that we've mean? Well, got, we've got the Coca-Cola. Um, so as a, a great, great stocking filler, um, we've got the Coca-Cola Christmas truck. And you can actually um, personalise your Coca-Cola bottles. And I brought to you your very <gasps> own personal Coca-Cola bottle, which no I'm going to leave way. here. Thank so that you. you can you can have your own personal... I could do with a little, a little mid-afternoon so lift. That's, that's happening, so and that's you, a so great print, you get this, opportunity. You get them printed there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, so it's, it's 10 dirhams for the bottle, and then you can also get frozen Coca-Cola, which are they're apparently amazing. Into, so. that, into that full winter spirit. Speaking of frozen, um, some ice rink action, I believe. Yes, we've got... Well, it's it's snowing in a lot of places Is in it? Global Village, yes. And, um, of course, at the ice rink, it's, it's snowing, and it's it's really fun. So it's it's a it's a great place to get some good good shots and also for for the kids to have fun on the ice rink. Really now nice. you, you mentioned their celebration walk for anyone that hasn't been to Global Village or doesn't know it by that name. It's had a bit of a, a bit of a festive makeover. What can we expect? 
Um, well, we've got uh, right by the tree, there is a, a sort of avenue, if you like, mm. uh, with all kinds of lights. And uh, you know, again, it's snowing and there's lots of uh, uh, gifts and presents all the way along. So it's a really great place to, to, to get a lot of really, really good pictures. And, um, and if you're lucky enough to catch Santa and, and his elves or the, or the gingerbread men mucking about, then that's an even better shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned food there. I mean, all year round, fantastic place to come and have a good feed and keep that Santa tummy nice and round. Um, any, any other festive treats and things? Or can we expect some... I hope a good hot chocolate. It's getting was, chilly in the evenings. I was going to say, of course, we have hot chocolate. Uh, or uh, with several places with hot chocolate, but there's also chestnuts and oh, corn, and there's lovely. loads of really nice festive treats. Um, so a, a good place, and it's it's nice and I wouldn't say chilly, but it's uh, it was it's, a breeze last night, Jackie. It's, it's a bit of a breeze. Yeah. It's good enough to wear your festive hats. I mean, you're, you are currently wearing a long sleeve festive top, a sparkly hat. A gilet. Santa's in full spangly gear. I'm wearing a polar neck dungarees and a cardigan because our studio, we liked, we, we thought we'd, we'd turn the AC down for Santa just to make sure he felt at home. Thank yeah, you. let's layer up in Dubai. We don't get the opportunity very often. Now, Santa, I know, is going to be looking forward to a bit of a rest come the 26th. And I don't mean to wish the next week away, but come New Year's Eve, my goodness, there's going to be a whole lot of fireworks and not just at midnight. What have you got in store? So we celebrate the night of seven midnights. So as we bring the world together, we want to be able to celebrate New Year across the world. So we start at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. we are celebrating midnight in the Philippines. Yes, perfect. And we carry on at midnight, obviously, the UAE, and uh, we carry on until 1 a.m. So our, actually our last firework display, so we have seven firework displays, and our last one is at 1 a.m. So it's really celebrating all night. And this year is going to be really fun because it's been a couple of years since we've had a real party because of the situation in the country. So we haven't been able to have a proper, proper party. But this year, we're having a proper, proper party. So fireworks so, starting at eight. Now, call me a bad mother, Santa. Do not put me on the naughty list for no, this. No, no. My immediate thought is being devious and telling my kids that at eight o'clock it's midnight and it's time to go home. <laughs> well, we do know people that have done that. Yes, it is, it is a good opportunity for families. We, it, is, it is family night uh, on, on New Year's Eve. So it's a perfect place to bring families because it is sometimes difficult to keep the kids up until midnight. I mean, so. no, mine would stay up partying all night. I just don't want them to be there until midnight. <laughs> so eight, eight o'clock is absolutely ideal. Kids, we had a big night out. Time to go home. Mum gets to be on the sofa. Thank you very much. Um, Jackie, for especially New Year's Eve, um, do people need to be booking tickets? Anything we need to be aware of in terms of making sure we can come in and enjoy everything at Global Village over the next week or so? Well, I strongly recommend that you buy the tickets online or on the Global Village app. Um, not only is it much easier, but also you get a 10% discount. So Ooh. that's always good. Um, so it's still phenomenal value. Um, it is on New Year's Eve. It'll be 22 dirhams 50 uh, entrance um, and it's 25 dirhams on the gate Uh, so buy your tickets in advance and come and have a wonderful time at the most wonderful time of the year I think (laughs) I think many other places around Dubai have added several zeros to that ticket price seeing some of the offerings I've seen for watching some fireworks so from 22 dirhams but yeah absolutely right book it book in advance Santa thank you so much for coming in please ignore my um, devious mum comment and nice list naughty list what do you think Mm. 
I'll take I think maybe pep- nice. Yes. Nice. Okay, perfect. Thank you, sir. <laughs> really appreciate your time this afternoon. Make sure you keep those naughty elves in check. I've seen them that, around the ARN halls yes. running amok. Yeah, they're wild. They're wild. We'll see them on social media. Jackie. Santa, thank you so much for coming in. Absolute pleasure. I know it's a very, very busy time of year and really do value you coming in. And if you want more information on Global Village, of course, go to the website. You're more than welcome to message me and I'll drop you a little message with everything you need to know. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You'll get it direct to your phone as soon as it's out. And you can listen to me live on Dubai Eye 103.8, Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.